0: Just like that on this Tuesday morning, Gardner Minshew is now off the COVID-19 reserve list. This is Tony Wiggins with your Jacksonville Jaguars report here on Locked on Jaguars. So it was just a few days. So that means that there was no positive test, obviously, because of HIPAA rules. Uh, Jaguars coach Doug Marone isn't really allowed to discuss whether or not a player is infected uh, with the coronavirus or whether or not that player just uh, may have come in contact with someone who was possibly in contact with someone, or who actually had the coronavirus. So Gardner Minshew's back. So obviously, because of that time frame, you now know that what happened is Gardner Minshew was possibly just around someone or somewhere where there was a precautions that needed to be taken. But he's back, along with uh, safety wind guard. He came back today, and DJ Hayden is back off of the pup list. So now you have some very important parts. Back in camp for the Jaguars, and that's a good thing. The work has to get done in training camp on a shortened schedule. Uh, I keep saying that it's all relative around the league, but I will continue to remind Jaguar fans here that it's really, really important for this team because the team is so young. I don't want to beat that, and I'm going to beat that, and I'm going to beat that same drum over and over again because, quite frankly, it's true. When uh, when you're a young team, you need as many repetitions. Uh, as you can uh, get, especially when you're a young team that has not had a lot of success. Uh, you know, I know things go year to year when it comes to football and, and, and you know, like, for instance, the Chiefs, they can't score one touchdown this year based on anything that they did last year. But they can come into this year knowing that the things that they did last year really, really helped them uh, understand what they need to do this year. The Jaguars they need to know that they need to do a lot of things differently than what they did last year. Okay, it's garbage in, garbage out. You build on the things that you did well last year, but then you tear down and tear apart the things you didn't do well and you try to retool it and try to figure out how you're going to do well this year with new parts, new people, tweaks to your coaching staff, tweaks to your work ethic and all of that stuff. So some interesting things that, you know, you hear uh, Doug Marone talk about, you know, he talks about how, when we all see this offensive line, how we're going to all be surprised and shocked at how good they look. Well, I, I don't know where that enthusiasm comes from because there was no an off season program to talk about because no one's been in contact with anybody. You know, once everything got shut down, you know, Post, like post-combine, it was like back in February, nobody was around anybody, right? So, you know, this entire, the, the draft was a virtual draft. Nobody, there was no real off-season program uh, starting around, what was it, like March or April when things really started to get shut down. So um, players were away from the ball club and, and, and the strength and conditioning program. How do we really know? And how do they know? Is it because guys' body looks good? Are they, are they saying that dudes miraculously were all of a sudden able to prepare better when they weren't around the team and the training facilities? Because that would go against everything that we've already always heard, how coaches and, and trainers need the guys in the building. You mean to tell me that these guys were able to prepare themselves away from the building better than they ever were while they were in the building? That that would shake me, man, because that's something new that, you know, I I don't know. How, How could they possibly look so good to the point where they surprise us how good they look when this is the one year where they weren't around the facility? You know, this goes back to that thing that I asked during the draft process. Would all of the lack of access help hurt? Or if it gave the general managers a new way to have to do things by force, would that in turn uh, give the scouts more power? And, and would that uh, in turn, if you will, would that make it make people realize that all of the ways that people were doing things that they thought were so necessary in the past really weren't that necessary in the first place? So, you know, these are, these are real questions that you actually have to ask. So now, if you tell me these offensive line linemen and these players look so good without actually being around the training staff, and they look so good by doing things on their own, then I ask you, then how come we've known for how come we've been told for 30 years that they look good being around you all the time? It's a question we need to ponder a little bit as we move forward. But what we're going to do today is we're going to move forward a little bit. I'm going to talk about linebacker. I'm going to love talking about the linebacker position because I think for the first time in a long time, at least for the first time in a few years, the linebacker room actually looks like a professional linebacker room instead of one that the Jaguars decided, ah, we'll just make it up as we go and figure out, you know, You know, we'll just find some people. We'll just get some guys that are used to running around, some special teams guys, and we'll play and plug. No, I think they really have gotten some professional depth, and they they really look good, and they have some developmental guys as well. I think they've done a good job with that. I'm going to also take a look in the third segment at some Twitter questions that I have, uh, mainly about the defensive line position and Doug Marone talked about that especially uh, since there was an opt-out at the the one position, the nose tackle position. I'm going to touch on all of that stuff and we'll do it in just a second here on Locked On Jaguars. First and foremost, I'm going to talk to you today about rockauto.com. If you want to know who rockauto.com is, you need to just go on rockauto.com and find out, especially if you are trying to work on a car. Even if you're not the person doing the work on the vehicle, what you can do is you can purchase the, pro- the products and all of the parts for the car, even all of the accessories for the car, and then have someone else do the work for you. Why would you do that? Obviously, you're going to save money. RockAuto.com, for 20 years, a family-owned business, have been given discounts, have been given better prices than a lot of these other places where you've been going and they've been upcharging you when you go take your car and vehicles uh, in to get serviced by actual Chain places. What you need to do is go to rockauto.com and in the box where it says, how did you hear about us? Put Locked On in that box so they can know that we sent you there. And then start saving money with rockauto.com and do it yourself. Get your own people to do your, do your car, but you save the money. That's how you do it. That's how I do it because I can't fix anything. But I save money by going to rockauto.com and you need to do the same thing. And tell them Locked On Jaguar sent you. All right, as we head into the 2020 season, hopefully one that'll get off uh, without too many more hiccups. Um, you 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 get the you get the, the 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 point that's coming from the team and from the coaching staff that one area that's really really improved, as I mentioned in the opening segment, was the offensive line. And even yesterday, uh, in his media session, Doug Marrone mentioned that he, he can't wait for the media to see people to, to see these guys. Uh, obviously he glowed about Brandon Linda, who's been their most consistent lineman over the last four or five years. He even said Cam Robinson. He mentioned Cam Robinson. I can't wait till you guys see Cam Robinson. And uh, I don't know, but for me, I'm wondering what he expects us to, what he expects us to to notice. You know, is it his body? Because, you know, if that's the case, dudes always look like a physical specimen to me, but, He's always looked like a a big, strong, physical specimen who 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 looked the part. And you know, as I said before, how, what did he do in the off season to work on his body away from the uh, the the training staff here, while we were under pretty much social distancing and quarantine? That he he never did before. It's almost like a self-indicting, you know, message, if you will, um, that a, a dude can actually be away from the team Facility and 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 actually improve himself. You know that's just kind of the way I see it. It's kind of weird that that you know, for, for, forever coaches have always talked about how they need guys here, but then you 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 rave about how good guys look when they weren't here. You know, it's, it's just weird. Or maybe I'm making too much of that, but it, it just seems different to me. But I look, I can't look at a, the way a guy's built and tell how much he's improved. And I don't know how much you can tell a guy how much a person has improved if, you know, you haven't really seen him in pads and making contact and moving around and working together as a unit. And even then, I told you, you, you know, you guys have heard me. I, I can't I, – I leave it up to guys like Baldinger, and I listen to Jeff Lagerman a lot and, you know, Baselli and, and some other guys, and, I look, you know, I, I pay attention to what John ledyard says. Uh, who works at uh, the Draft Network. and I listen to other people, uh, George Foster. I listen to other people when they talk about offensive linemen. And, you know, I can probably do it just as good as anybody who's not a pro, but that's not necessarily my strength. You know, I can tell if a guy knocks a guy down. I can tell if a guy can move. I can tell if a guy resets. But I'm talking about the idiosyncrasies and the, the specifics of that position. It's just me being humble, and I'm telling you, I, I can't tell, like, for instance, if a guy makes a mistake, I can't tell the crux of the mistake, I can't tell you how he needs to improve it, or what he needs to do different. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he needs to do this, and he needs to do this. I'm not good at, at that type of stuff at that position. Some other ones, yeah, I, I'll go all day and do that, but with the offensive line, I can't tell, so I don't know how me being able to, to watch a guy in shorts, or to see a guy walking down the hallway is going to be able to help me uh, determine that they're better. Uh, that's just something that Doug and Dave have been saying all offseason, season and perhaps this is something that they feel is going to back up their contention that that's the strength of the team. They said it at the combine, It blew my mind I almost fell on my floor. Uh, they backed it up. Uh, I warned people that it wasn't a smoke screen. Uh, folks thought that they were really going to load up in free agency or in the draft on offensive linemen because it was a perceived weakness. But when they stood up at that podium and said that they thought that their offensive line was set, I warned people that, uh, look, they don't blow smoke signals when they... If, if they don't say something, then, then you could, okay, take that as, okay, you don't know what they're thinking. Rarely does, does Dave Caldwell say something and it's meant to be a curveball and meant to throw you off. He does. That's just not how he moves. He never. He's never done that. So when he said that, I said, "Oh my God, he means that. He he really does." And and, and they're not going to really touch this line that much because that's been his mo. That's the way he moves. So, um, yeah, I was shocked. And and, and 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 at every step, they've been consistent with that. Now, the linebacker position, over the years, it doesn't seem like it's necessarily been a priority. Although when people continue to talk about whether or not a a defensive end that has 37 and a half or 38 and a half sacks in four years is worth the money, uh, a guy that doesn't get in trouble, doesn't eat fast food uh, and all of that stuff, whether he's worth the money. Um, I I tell you what, they sure enough paid a a linebacker who uh, sometimes gets out of shape, uh, can't play Sam, can't play Mike, and we're going to see if he can play Will, right? Can't seem to stay healthy. Um, Doesn't know run fits as well as people thought. Didn't necessarily play a whole bunch of linebackers his whole career. They sure enough overpaid him. So um, outside of that, you know, I was always critical of the fact that they used the linebacker position to fill it in with guys that were, especially the backups. They used it, you know, like they were just filling in with guys who were special teams players. I think that changed a little bit, you know, this year, of course you know, with them going out and getting Joe Schobert to come in and be a true Mike linebacker to help stop that run uh, a little bit better, uh, to go out and and, and draft Shaq Quarterman, who's a true Mike linebacker who might be a little bit better in coverage than people think, especially if he comes in in that 235-pound range as opposed to 240, 245. But Shaq, i know Shaq since he was a freshman. He played with my son in high school. Shaq's always been a big kid, okay? So now what Shaq is doing now, I think he's just refining his body a little bit. But he's a thumper, and what he will do is he'll fill those gaps and he won't run from contact and he won't run from anybody. And that's going to be something that's really, really refreshing. You're going to see somebody who knows how to stop that run, who knows how to stick his nose in there, and who won't, uh, who won't have a problem shedding blocks and getting off on big guys because he's country strong. So I like that. I like Cassius Marsh. Even though he's a little bit of a tweener He's a pro's pro I love that uh, about him So the thing is is I think what they've done I think what they've done is They have a mix of versatility Size Speed Professionalism smarts, intelligence And they've really really invested in the position And, and, and uh, I'm not going to be overly critical But I will tell you this It makes me wonder why they didn't do this before It's like Do you got to get hit with a ton of bricks in order for you to realize and understand that that's a position where you have to pay attention to it? You know, you don't have to pay attention to one thing. You can walk and chew bubble gum at the same time. It's all of a sudden now they, they pay all of this attention to this position and change the way they focus on this position. Why did it have to hit you like this? You know, so I won't go too much far, farther back into that. But it just pains me that this football team continues to do stuff like this. It's like this is the attention to these this position. And me and Mike K used to talk about this all the time when he was here. It's like it was a position where it was like, okay, blah. You know, it's whatever. And it, it, nothing, no position on this team should be like that. Backup quarterback is a position. They do that same thing with all the time. And you should never, ever, ever do anything like that. Not if you're trying to win. Everything is important, okay? So, um, defensive tackle. Uh, Defensive tackle is real important. Al Woods, the nose tackle, who's a two down player, was addressed yesterday when Doug Marone was asked about Al Woods opting out. Doug Marone clearly stated, you know, Al Woods was gonna be an important part of this. He's 32 years old, but he's a veteran. The Jags had a problem stopping the run last year. So when you think about Al Woods and you think about Gunner, who they got, who, uh, and I'm calling him Gunner, but it's, you know, I'm thinking about the rapper Gunner. Uh, you know, it, it, it's Gunter, Rodney Gunter. Rodney Gunner was there at depth. Rodney Gunner was a good player, and the day that they signed him, Dave Caldwell texted me, and he said, how'd you like that? So that means that he's really a big part of what they're going to do, and I think they believe he can play all up and down the line. I think he can play nose, three technique, and he can two-gap. He can also play a little bit of big end. I think he's going to be a big part of what they do, and he was a he was a he was a poor man's replacement for the the versatility of Calais Campbell. So y- you may see him. Uh, uh, yesterday, Avery Jones was mentioned by Doug Marone. This solidifies Avery's position, uh, as opposed to thinking that Avery may get cut or Avery may be moved on if Dontavius Russell is able to um, pick his play up to go along with Devon Hamilton, the kid that they drafted. Doug mentioned that people thought that Devon Hamilton was drafted too high. And and obviously, you know, um, Doug doesn't think so. So we're going to see, you know, it's funny, though, we're drafting these two down players that it shows you the Jaguars are married to their system and married to the way that they're going to do things. So you're looking at Devon Hamilton. You're looking at Dontavious Russell. You're looking at Al Woods. You're looking at those guys. You're looking at Rodney Gunter who can still – and all of those guys can be a big part of helping – uh, replace uh, Al Woods, who was actually, who he's never played here. So, all right, coming up in the third segment here on Locked On Jaguars, I'm going to some Twitter questions. and I think I just probably answered one of them. Um, that was already, uh, I think I just answered one of them. So, we'll get to that in the third segment here on Locked On Jaguars. All right, so training camp still moving along for the Jaguars and of course for the rest of the National Football League and you know kind of hoping to get this thing off you know without too many hitches of course the Raiders announced yesterday that they had some guys opt out and uh they've decided to just say nope no fans at all no fans at all in fact their owner says that he's not even going if, if the fans can't go to the games he won't go to the games and and uh Yeah, that's it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different. So um, um, uh, the Jags have have still gone with the 25% capacity thing. And I saw some people yesterday on social media talking about the tickets and the prices and the prospects of what that's gonna look like and and be like. So we'll get some more information with that uh, soon uh, as that continues to progress. All right, let me get to some of these Twitter questions. My man Aaron Wallace asked me, let me, I'm going to talk about this, this line real quick again. Aaron Wallace asked me this question. He goes, assuming the transition to a 3-4 or at least a hybrid, is Taven going to transition to end like Alo alo did for the Steelers? Uh, I don't think it's going to be a full-fledged 3-4 transition. I think they're a base 4-3 team. I think they'll run some hybrid situations depending on if they can do good on first down. It's critical. If they can stop the run on first down and get more pass rushers on the field on second and third down, first down as well as what they do offensively in terms of getting out to early leads will determine how they play on defense. Um, If they don't – if they're not able to score a lot of points and get off the quick starts, then that doesn't make the – the other team is never in a rush or is never crunched for time uh, to start pressing their own game plan. So the Jaguars are going to have to stay in their own base more often and then be susceptible to play action. So the, the you want to get that nose tackle off the field as much as possible and, and start getting these playmakers onto the field. But, no, I don't think Tavon Bryant is really built for defensive end. We saw that experiment in, the first, in his first year, and it did not work. I think the best thing you can hope for him is that uh, – The worst thing you could do is take a guy that is slow to develop and try to make him do too many different things. They did that with Miles Jack early in his career. And quite frankly, they did it with Tavon Bryan, and it didn't work. He looked awful at defensive end, often looked confused. I think what you do is you streamline things for him. And by streamlining things, what I mean is you – you try to make him good at one thing, and that's using his quickness, that three technique, try to keep getting him stronger and using his speed and his ability to get off the line of scrimmage. So we'll see if they can continue to do that and continue to develop him in that area. But I don't think he's going to be anything like what Tyson Aluoglu was. Uh, I don't think they're going to pick up that fifty option whenever it's time either because I just don't quite – I don't think he's going to ever really develop – into anything that that, uh, that that warrants that. Joaquin Garina asked me, hey, Wig, if Fournette has a career season, would he be back next year or Jags maybe take a running back in 2021? It's going to be a bunch of free agents in um, the, the, the free agency period next year. They didn't pick up Leonard's option. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't really know. I, I would guess, if you've heard me before, I would guess that Leonard won't be here after next year. Uh, he loves this city, though. He loves this place. I, I would suspect, though, that he would go for the same amount of money he'd go play for a contender, maybe split carries and go to a different situation, go to a place that's used to winning, go to Baltimore or somewhere like that, and and, and, and go to a place where he splits carries and, and wins. Look, if, if you're going to have four or five more years in the NFL and make – three, four million dollars a year, you might as well do it having trophies as opposed to just doing it somewhere where you're not having trophies. So, you know, that that's what I think Leonard does. I think at some point, you know, he goes somewhere and uh, running for, a, a, you know, 900 yards a year and and constantly being in the playoffs is better than running for 1300 yards a year and being underappreciated on a losing team. So. Uh, but I don't believe that. I, I do think they might draft somebody depending on how well Rockwell, Rockwell Armstead plays. But uh, next year isn't a good year to be a running back in the draft. It, it usually never is unless you're like one of those super, super elite guys. And even then it's not good because people, you know, people have kind of devalued the position. But there, if you look at the list of running backs, four, that's one of them. The list of guys that's going to be free agents next year. It's crazy. Last question. Democracy in the workplace. My man Chris. We heard OBJ speak out about rushing people back to work for money. OBJ said he wouldn't play. The league shouldn't be playing. If replacement level players could speak without worrying about getting cut, what would they say? Don't know. Never want to put words in people's mouths about playing. uh, But I think replacement level players are speaking through their actions though. Some of them are opting out. Uh, My nephew uh, opted out yesterday. Uh, so, you know, he you know, he's marginal and, and had a chance to make a team this year. He's been in the league now for four years. He opted out yesterday, took the $150,000, and um, we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens uh, moving forward. But there are a lot of guys that are opting out. You got a lot of guys, too. Uh, you got C.J. Mosley opted out, and he was due to make $29 million this year. But he, he just—he just, you know, sometimes people just don't understand, man. People, the, he's made some money already, and he's like, it ain't worth it. And maybe he's making money in investments, and he's like, I'm not risking my my family. You don't know his situation. You know. not Nobody knows his health and 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 the health of the people around him. No one knows if he knows people that have died from coronavirus or whatever. So, I, I think, you know, Laurenti McRae, you know. So if if you mean. Uh, Replacement level, if you mean like older veterans like uh, Laurenti McCray or like DJ Killings, you know, I, I call him a nephew, but he calls me Unk, so he, he's like a family friend. If you mean guys like that, I think they're already speaking volumes by opting out, and, and, and uh, you know, the, they don't have to say it in order for it to be uh, spoken. They're speaking by what they're deciding to do. But uh, if OBJ, you know, feels so – uh, you know, if he really, really feels that way, he, he should probably do the same thing instead of just saying one thing and doing another. Opt out, opt out, go. You know, if that's the way you feel, uh, I, I got respect for. I got respect for him saying whatever he's saying, but also have respect for him. Um, I, I will respect him if he if he opted out. One quick note too, I'll say this. Uh, anybody who is mad at Jonathan Isaacs or anybody else who's not kneeling. It's crazy. And I say that because th- I said people were crazy for Cap when he knelt, and I'll say the same thing the other way. It's exactly what I'm talking about. Now, we we, we got on Drew Brees because when Drew Brees was asked about kneeling, we thought he co-opted the moment to speak on something else and continue a, a narrative vocally. That's different. Then a guy just saying, look, I'm not going to kneel, but I do still support this, but I just want to do it in a different way. So that's totally different. But that kid got hurt and people are sitting here calling it karma. You got to be a new fool and, and 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 maybe you bumped your head as a child if, if that's what you think this is all about, because it's not. And that's where I'm going to leave that at today. All right, man, look, check out our network stuff. That we have going on Great programming Draft dudes Ooh Solid 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 Super solid show Here on Locked On uh, Podcast Network uh, uh, Real 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 solid Man You gotta check out Draft dudes Especially With the You know With all of these uh, Draft sites And all of that stuff Back up now And all of you guys Picking your fantasy teams Locked On Fantasy Football Is back uh, Everyone's looking at Their drafts For next year um, Locked on NFL, all around, man. And then you can you can always follow along at Spotify, and you can know you can always bring along people and subscribe on iTunes and Apple. It's a daily podcast here on Locked On Jaguars, man. Until tomorrow, man. It's your man Tony Wiggins. Take care of each other, and we'll see you then.